0: Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're talking baby wearing. This sanity saving practice has been around for millennia, providing many benefits for both baby and caregiver. What are those benefits? What are the different types of carriers? How do you know which one is right for you? And what do you need to know in terms of safety? And can one carrier take you from newborn to toddler stage? Joanna McNeely tells us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive, pregnant, or new moms. Reduce your stress, reduce your complications, and improve your connection to your baby and partner. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be, Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be, and Mighty Parents and Parents-to-be. As always, I want to thank you so very much for listening and for all the love you give this show. I truly enjoy reading about the difference the podcast is making in your life. So do keep it coming along with your requests and your reviews. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh Quick mention of all the things birthful that are happening right now. If you're located near Charlotte, North Carolina or are willing to travel, I'll be there November 4th for a full day crash course on preparing for life with a newborn. Because if you're like most people, you've prepared to have a birth, but not so much for the having a baby part. So change that. You took childbirth education classes, take postpartum preparation classes. Block out Saturday, November 4th on your calendar and come spend the whole day with me for a Thrive with Your Newborn Postpartum Preparation Workshop. You can go register at BirthfulCourses.com. Now, if you're a doula or birth professional, then block out the next day, Sunday, November 5th, where we're going to be taking the whole day to rethink prenatals to support physiology and promote birth ownership. This will completely change how clients approach birth. I promise you, it's revolutionary. It's things you know, but put in a way that you're going to go like, ah, oh, of course, so easy now. So <laughs> come rethink prenatals with me. Um, details for all of that are at birthfulcourses.com, And that's November 4th and November 5th. So the following Sunday, November 12th, I will be doing the Rethinking Prenatal ad, Prenatals Advanced Doula Workshop again, but this time in Buffalo, New York. So if close, to, if you live close to there and I'm looking at you, Toronto and London, Canada, then come have that full day of fun with me, rethinking prenatals. We do need people to register ahead of time to sort out all the travel logistics. So get to it. All that information is at birthfulcourses.com. And of course, if you don't live close to any of those places, but are somewhere along your 30 to 35th week of pregnancy, then Take the online version of my postpartum preparation course. Bonus for not having to change out of your pajamas and being able to do it anytime you want. All the links for every single one of those classes are at birthfulcourses.com. Go do it now because it's too late after baby arrives. I promise that you'll thank me afterwards. All right. So very apropos of postpartum preparation, let's dive into all things baby wearing today with Joanna McNeely. Joanna, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And why don't we start telling? having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, how did you get into this world of baby wearing?
1: Oh, I fell down the hole of baby-wearing right after... um, Well, actually, while I was pregnant, to have my son, I was looking for a way to navigate uh, the streets of New York City and trying to figure out how I was going to keep my life as much the same without having to lug a stroller up and down all of the subway stairs. And so that's how I really fell into it. And I, within the first six weeks had had seven different baby carriers in an effort to find the carrier that was comfortable that I felt confident in using and was comfortable in each of the situations that I found myself in. So at home, but also out and about. So I tested a lot before I found a few carriers that worked for me. And I realized that I wish more people had an opportunity to find define their carriers before they already have their baby. And so I found an interest group. I got started with the interest group and it was a peer to peer group. And before I knew it, I was teaching formally in a baby wearing store here in Manhattan and I have spent the last 13 years sort of educating and helping and inspiring parents and caregivers and people who care for babies to use a baby carrier to assist them throughout the course of the day and the transition into parenthood.
0: Mm. And when you tested those seven carriers, which what did you end up having like two or three that you went to because, or did you find the perfect one?
1: So I found multiple carriers per so I found the perfect carrier for each of my major situations so it would have been two to three but my husband had one his favorite carriers for per situation so what I would do on the road going from point A to point B might well was a different carrier than what I used in the house as I was you know taking care of the things that needed to be done at home so I found myself based on the situation, gravitating towards one carrier or the other. And sometimes at home, I would just leave the carrier on throughout the course of the day and be able to, um, you know, put my, my son in the carrier and then take them out to do something. and, And I continued that when I had my second child, too. So I was able to use the carriers situationally throughout the course of the day. And so I did use more than one carrier.
0: Mm. But I find that that's usually the case. And I think that's like the biggest aha moment I had in terms of carriers. Because you're thinking, oh, I've got this enormous registry and I've got all these things in it. And like, really, do I need more than, than, than one carrier? Just one carrier. But truthfully... Like it is such an essential item, and having two or three, yeah, that was an aha moment of oh, I should have one. My husband should have one. And in your case, I've got to first of all I'll give you like the biggest commendation ever for having a baby in New York City. <laughs> when <laughs> oh, I've got tons of friends there, and when we my daughter was around ten month old or something like that, we went to the city, and um and just we took a stroller and the whole carrying up and down the stairs, that's crazy. That's like, you get, how can you even go get groceries otherwise? So I can appreciate
1: that you had a a carrier more than a stroller, right? For that purpose. I did. I, there are multiple times I was carrying my daughter on my front and my son on my back and I was the one helping the mom with the stroller down the stairs because no one else would help her. So I think that. It's just an it's a no brainer in essence in New York City where I'm out traveling from point A to point B without a car. And if I wanted to jump onto the subway or to the bus, it's just very easy to to walk right on. And if I had my stroller with me, because I, of course, had a stroller, too. I then had to really think about what I would do with all my stuff that I had put into the stroller. And so I found as I was navigating my my early parenthood, my very early days, that I used my stroller when I wanted to go to the grocery store or do something and would need to be carrying lots of stuff. And I discovered that the stuff I wanted to carry actually weighed more than my son did, and so I would put that stuff in my stroller, and then I would put him on my body because he was lighter, and I didn't have to use my hands so much for it, and so it just sort of naturally came that way, and I hear so many people in in certainly the, the city scapes, so here, New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago, Washington, D.C., where they discover these things the same way. It's just physically easier to push the stroller with the heavy stuff and then carry the the lighter weight kid with them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so we've started slightly touching upon my first question, which is what are the benefits of baby wearings for parents and for babies? And I think like there's the practicality aspect, of course, but there's also sort of physiological benefits as well. Can you speak to that?
1: Yes. Uh, what's interesting to me is the question: What are the benefits for baby wearing for parents and baby? I actually teach professionals for three to four days on, so I promise I won't talk um, for that long. It's gonna be a <laughs> really
0: long episode if we. Do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, when when I'm speaking to parents, the first thing I usually say is, "Tell me anything that's very important to you around the development." of your child, of your baby. Be it, you know, I want my child to be very smart. I want my child to be physically very adept. I want my child to not be sick. I would like my child to be happy, socially capable. Each and every one of the things I've just mentioned are going to be enhanced if you are wearing your child. Um, It doesn't have to be something that you do all day, every day, in order to um, get the results, in essence, the baby wearing it's the interaction and the communication that happens between the person who's wearing the baby and the in the baby in order to uh, how I'm trying to say this how they interact with each other and how the two bodies work together really enhances every aspect of the infant's development
0: right and Yeah, we all we hear often about the benefits of skin to skin. And so it seems like the carrier becomes this tool to make continuous proximity just easier.
1: It does. And uh, if you follow the research world, um, Dr. Christian Moberg and um, one of the researchers out of Russia, Bostrova, discovered that you get all of the same benefits that you would get from skin to skin uh, by using a carrier, by having even clothing between the um, caregiver and the infant. So even if there is not direct skin to skin with continued holding, or carrying of the child, both, both people in that dyad get the benefits. So it might take a slight bit longer, maybe more than 20 minutes before you begin to get those same physiological benefits, however you do get them. So from a baby carrying um, aspect, it's a really incredible gift to us that they did that research because it really took what anybody who's ever carried their kid in a carrier discovered, which is a, it makes life just a tiny bit more enjoyable and you can feel the connection between you and your infant. And now we get to say, you don't even have to do it naked if you don't want to, if you would like to, uh, just guide in your, in your regular everyday clothes, you will, you will get the same benefits as well. And I think that for, everyday modern parents that that is such a great gift for them because i i struggled particularly with my second to think how on earth am i going to do this skin to skin care i can't even I, I can't even sit for 20 minutes with my toddler running around and so using a baby carrier inadvertently was providing her the entire uh world of sensory stimulation and neurological and physiological stimulation that she needed and i didn't even have to think about it so that was kind of like i was magic
0: yeah you are magic moms are magic <laughs> <All> <laughs> moms are magic every parent is magic um and that also speaks to a great point that i i think many like i had this issue when i was learning about babies and going like ah. Oh, I need to play with my child. I need my, t- you know, I need to stimulate my child so that they ha- she has a great brain and all these things. When in fact, we kind of like forget that babies know, they have cognitive abilities, but they are not familiar with the world at all. So they basically don't know anything quite when they get, you know, come out. Like they don't know the hands are theirs. They don't know that they are an eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you take it back to that level of learning, it's like, Just by putting them close to you at a level where they can move and interact with the world instead of being set in one place, already you're creating all this insane amount of stimuli, more than they need. And you don't have to have that in your checkbox on your list, right, of I have to play with
1: baby. Yes. Yes. I think that's such a wonderful way to look at it. We feel so obligated to do something to and with the baby, or we are sort of not going to improve them. And when I talk to my parents here in New York and I'm saying everything that you do from the way that you talk to the way that you look at them to the way that you hold them and move with them, each and every one of those is doing the very thing that you are wanting to do, which is engaging the baby's entire stimulus and teaching them how to live in the environment that they are going to need to live in. I, I always say it's very different to live in New York City. The sounds different than when I take my children to Texas and we see my family. We don't hear the same sounds throughout the course of the day. And an infant has to figure out what is native to the environment that I'm going to live in. What do we do on an everyday basis? Do we get out and go out every single day? Do we have... Um, parts of the day that are quiet and more that are loud, all of these things, each and every one of them is uh, engaged in that infant, and it only is increased if the infant is in contact with their caregiver. So throughout the course of the day, as I reach up to pull down the coffee mug from the, the cupboard, just that adjustment in my body is then mirrored in the infant's body, particularly if I'm using a carrier or even an arm, and the baby will adjust those muscles, not without not because it's thinking I need to adjust my muscles, but it does it instinctually and in each of those micro adjustments then develop the The physique of the baby, so the baby gets to use those muscles, but also the mental capacity because it fires more neurons in the brain each and every time one of those muscles engages in response to what's going on in my environment. And then the vestibular development of the infant as those subtle movements, as it's moving the fluid in the air around, um, it's really telling them what's going on where am I? Am I laying down or I'm upright? So it's beginning to learn about its day. And then the vestibular system has the opportunity to begin to do its job, which is then to sort of manage all of those senses that are coming into the body from from the stimulus of the carrier putting pressure on the baby, the, the heartbeat, the temperature. All of those are pieces that the baby picks up through being held or carried in a carrier and is processing. And so the brain is just going, you know, okay, that's this, this is this. It's processing, processing. And then the vestibular system begins to help say, okay, hold on. We're not going to take this sense right now. We're going to just focus on, you know, uh, engaging these muscles. So that traffic component of the vestibular system really gets a very early Uh, opportunity to begin to do its job. And in the long run, these things are significantly better for the child as they get older.
0: Mm. And what I find fascinating is that you're providing all this stimuli, but you're also like it has that part of it, that component to it, but it also has a very comforting part of it in in the fact that, that babies are being held closely to their caregivers. So, like, it kind of balances, like, if they're overwhelmed about it, it also helps, that proximity also helps calm them and regulate them.
1: It absolutely does. The portals of a baby that is out of sight, touch, smell, or hearing of their caregiver is slightly elevated as they suddenly realize, oh, goodness, it's up to me to sort of scan the horizon to make certain that things are okay. And when they're in contact with their caregiver, empirically they know they are safe, empirically. Like every sense of their body tells them that the only thing that they need to do is to focus on understanding how um, how they fit into their environment and then how to spend those precious resources that they do have and just beginning to work on the things that it – the first three months of life that a baby really has to work on, which is their autonomic system, their motor development, the sort of organization of their state. So am I asleep or am I awake? And then also getting responsivity from their caregiver. We often think it's our job as the parent to elicit response from the infant, but it is actually reverse. Um, If you follow Dr. Brazelton's work, he's looking at saying the baby's job is to get really the response parent to have that parent really care for them. And so that, that sort of batting the ball back and forth, the looking at the eyes, um, as time goes on, the, um, the smile, the engagement and the play, all of these things are really the infant driven components of responsivity in arms or in carrier. The infant can focus on those things can focus on developing their, you know, their brain, which is all the things that really, when people come right down to it that they're looking for, but that decrease of cortisol or increase of oxytocin then helps to feel all of the comfort that you have from holding the infant and from the infant in reverse being held, uh, it makes it more enjoyable. It helps us to be calmer and the baby to be content. The baby is able to have less, uh, stress. And so it can manage the senses that are coming in there and has more time to develop um, or to digest their food. Each of these pieces are something that happens when the baby is being carried or being held in arm or in a carrier so that they know empirically that they are safe. And so they only have to focus on the things that, that they need to be focusing on right now. And they are expecting a prop from the human body when they come into the world. And they really aren't done baking is what I like to say. Mm. You know, they really still continue to grow and develop. And of course, we know that instinctually, every parent knows that, that the baby that they have in arm or that they will have in arm is not going to be done growing because they themselves went through it. But we don't necessarily always think about it from the viewpoint of the infant and from our new selves to be as parents or as now you are a parent to begin to think about how you know, how important that in-arm and carrying in a carrier holding really is to both you and the infant.
0: So in light of that, is there a specific amount of time that recommended that parents should be shooting for? I know we don't like to like have specific regulations, but being that we are carrier mammals that somehow like unlike kangaroos didn't get a pouch (laughs) especially for that fourth trimester those first few months when baby has like transitioned from newborn to baby um what what should parents consider or shoot for and what if you know and how do we not get feel guilty if it's like ah baby's not getting carried at all or or whether it's in a carrier or just in arms
1: I think it's a pretty rare baby just to say that doesn't get carried in arm. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. But I'm sure it probably does happen. I, okay, that was was a big question. So how long? This, so we're going to focus first on how long over the course of the day. Sometimes people ask me, do I need to start this for, you know, something I'm going to do every single day, all day? And I like to pause and say, of course you could do that. I find that would be very rare for somebody to do. When I'm working with my clients in the prenatal phase, we talk about 20 minutes a day. If you could do it 20 minutes, three times a day, great, good, fantastic. Any time you do is better than no time and, and the reason that I say 20 minutes is the muscles that you use to hold the baby and um, either in arm or with a carrier are you know, going to be tired quickly. You're, you know, if it's the mother who has given birth, who is the one who's carrying the infant, then it's, she's recovering. If it's another caregiver who's helping in the home, um, maybe another parent or a grandparent or an aunt or whomever, doula, uh, then then they too have to get used to using those muscles on a continual longevity basis. So 20 minutes is a good place to start. It's concept of when you go to the gym the first time, you go in there, you don't want to overdo it. And this is what I really, really want people to think about when they think about using a baby carrier. The sooner you start, the easier it will be in the long run. However, you don't have to start at the end point where I'm going to wear for hours on end. I'm just going to wear for 20 minutes is a really good, good way to think about it. I'll give you a really quick analogy. And and I use this with my clients is the first time you, you know, a new pair of shoes, day one, of a new pair of shoes. It's a pretty rare shoe that you're going to take buy, and wear the whole entire next day and not end up with thinking, I wish I had brought another pair of shoes or I had um, not done that. We typically – buy the shoes we'll wear them around our house for 20 minutes or so several times in an effort to sort of soften them up or break them in a little perhaps and i think a baby wearing that way you know you want to ease yourself and your baby into the process and recognizing that it will go quickly and it fits very easily into the feeding changing sleeping scenario of the baby there's about 20 minutes where you can work on uh putting the baby into carrier, getting really confident with those very, very early days. As time then would go on, so now we're at week four, you might find yourself being able to do it for an hour at a time. And maybe by six weeks you can say I can do an hour and ten minutes um, at, a, at a given time. I encourage people to start earlier in the day. Um, when you get up and you're getting dressed, to put the carrier on as a part of your clothing, to think about it as this is my sh- part of my shirt or something, the piece that you feel really comfortable with in to use at home. And then it makes it easier to use the carrier. It makes it easier if it's already a part of you, it's already on you a little bit. And so that you can kind of go in and out of the carrier throughout the course of the day. And I think. When people say to me that, that that has helped them to get out of their door easier, it has helped them to feel uh, more confident in using the carrier because it's already mostly ready for the baby. And so I feel like that that's one of the things I would encourage new families to do, anybody who's just starting in the journey with baby carriers. And then as time goes on, they will find what's physically comfortable for them, how long it will be comfortable for them and you could wear a kid until you can't physically do it anymore in terms of how long in terms of months days and years
0: yeah and and i we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i want to touch upon the different styles of carriers and also like for those different stages newborn baby toddler and and you know my daughter's now taller than me so she can carry me but (laughs) we'll we'll be right back hey mighty ones it is not uncommon for stress levels to go up while you're pregnant. You may be worried about the health of your baby or maybe you're anxious about the birth or maybe you're wondering how you're going to afford all the extra cost, Or maybe you're just guilt-ridden because you're not eating well and exercising and doing all those little things that everyone is telling you to do for the sake of your little peanut. Fortunately, there is one little simple thing you can do that won't take up more than 10 minutes per day and will improve not only how you feel about all these things I mentioned, but also your birth, the health of your baby, and your own immunity. That little thing is meditation. And yup, it can do all this and even help reduce your pain during labor. Don't know where to start? Easy peasy, check out Expectful, an evidence-based guide meditation app created specifically for new, soon-to-be, or expectant moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com birthful. And don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who sent you. And we are back talking about baby wearing. And so, Joanna, tell us a little bit about... Like, I think let's backtrack and go into the different styles of carriers or wraps and then tie that in into, you know, stages. What's better for one stage and another?
1: (laughs) But that's a big question. There are many different styles of carriers. Of course, if you were to, and I call everything a carrier, it is a facilitating Uh, what your hands and arms would do. So whether it is technically a piece of fabric or something that's a very heavily manufactured component, such as a soft structured carrier or front pack, sometimes you hear that you would most likely see in any any of the big box stores. In reality, there are entire categories of carriers, just like you might encounter in your shoes. I'm going to borrow my shoe analogy a little bit more. And so we have ring slings and pouches, which both go over one shoulder. And uh, one is adjustable and one is not. One needs to be sized. So the pouches, you would need to find the perfect size for you. And then with a ring sling, it can very easily be adjusted to fit the person in, you know who's using it. So it might be a really good option for somebody who's thinking, I would like more than one person to use this carrier. Then you have stretchy wraps, which a lot of new families get in their baby shower kits. Somebody gives them one, and many families will not even open it until after they have the baby, which I would encourage them to open it in advance. It is a very long piece of fabric that is very soft usually, and it has a little bit of stretch. So it's not so stretchy that... um, that it's going to give inches and inches, but that it's going to curve very easily, um, around the baby. So you would tie it onto yourself and then be able to put the baby in, into, uh, you put the carrier around you and the baby. Basically you bring the baby to your body and then the carrier goes around you. But the stretchy component of it makes it easy. You can kind of put the baby in and out throughout the course of the day. You then have, uh, a woven wrap. So instead of a stra, a stretchy fabric, you have a fabric that is woven in a way that feels more, more solid for some people this way they would describe it. And they feel functionally very different, but they're similar in aesthetic. So they're a long piece of fabric that you would wrap around you in whatever way is very comfortable for you. And then, uh, you and the baby, and then you can use them for different amounts of time. And I'll talk about that in a minute. You have um, an Asian carrier, Asian inspired carriers, most often referred to as a Maydai. And it is a panel that has four straps that come off of it. And this kind of carrier allows for multiple caregivers to use it without any adjustments. They just tie it around themselves. Some people find it to be more instinctually easier to use a made eye than some of the other carriers. Uh, you can tie it onto you like an apron. It crosses in your back and you tie in the front. And for many people, they go, oh, ah, oh, you know, they'll love that. Would you and mind then,
0: uh, spelling that type of carrier just for the listeners that are only listening?
1: Yes, that's um M-E-A. And then the newer D-A-I, may die. And if you search probably Asian-style carriers, you might run across it too. Cool. From from the Asian-style carriers cropped up a whole entire new sort of category of carriers, often referred to as a soft-structured carrier or um, a front pack. Sometimes people, I don't know why, they'll, they'll call them that. It's like a pack you wear on the front. And uh, most most people, when they encounter baby wearing, this is the category that they think of. So everything that I just said is sort of dismissed to some extent. And then they just focus on this one particular style of carrier. If we go to Target, to Bye Bye Baby, Babies R.S. or to- Toys R.S., or any of the l- very large box stores, these are the carriers that you mostly see. They're very manufactured and structured, so they have this waistband that's going to, um, you know, go around the waist of the, of the wearer or the hips of the wearer, and then there's buckles that you clip and you use to adjust to fit you. And, and for a lot of people, these are going to be a fantastic carrier option. Um, Each and every one of these carriers, though, could be a fantastic carrier option for a lot of people. And when we think about those different styles of carriers, it can just be overwhelming everything I just said. I just introduced a whole bunch of lingo and concepts. This is stuff I teach about. I teach classes to parents on this. I teach parent um, professionals about this and I know it can be overwhelming and we would all really like a carrier to just sort of jump out of the box and grab the baby and attach to us because life much easier. Not having, uh, uh, Not having to think about it. Not
0: having to think about it.
1: Yes. And and I wouldn't blame anybody. I would like that too. And we do have to think about it. We have to think about who we are, what our physical limitations or, you know, concerns would be who, who in the home and what the situations are that will be helping to, to hold and carry the infant, what their specific needs are. And so when, when people tell me I want one carrier, I have to ask them where they want to compromise because day one, that infant is, Let's just say seven and a half pounds. And then by, you know, week 52, that baby is going to be 20, 21 pounds. That's a very different baby. We buy different diapers, we buy different um, car seats. Your stroller might change. Um, the oh, and clothing they,
0: they hold their bodies differently and they move differently too.
1: Yes. Totally. And so it's a pretty tall order to expect one carrier to be perfect across entire time span in every day, in every aspect. And I understand the rationale for it. I would like that too. I would really love somebody to figure this out and me not have to think about it. However, unfortunately, that's just not the way it is. And we have to uh, think situationally. So when people say to me, I'm looking for a carrier for myself and my infant. The first question is, tell me, um, what are you envisioning doing? What do you envision doing in this carrier? And then however they answer that, if they say, I'm going to need to walk my dog, I need to take my older kid to school, I need to hike, I'm going to get out of the house. This might be a carrier that has more structure to it. However, a woven wrap might be a really great option for somebody who says throughout the course of the day, I'd like to be able to move the baby around a little bit. I would like the baby to be towards my hip a little bit while I'm doing one thing and then be able to bring them into a feeding position at another time. So it just really depends on what it is the person's really looking for. Hmm. We could talk about just this one component just so you know – just for a whole show. Yeah. Is what what are people looking for in terms of their carrier.
0: Um so but from what you what you were you just saying right now, it seems that the carriers that have more structure are will because they have more structure be better for carrying maybe heavier babies or, or older babies or when you are going to have extended carrying and with more with bigger activity outside, like you know, you were saying hiking or walking around the dog or or that kind of thing. Whereas if you want something that's a little more versatile in terms of where you can wear it on your more towards your hip, more towards, um, you know, for breastfeeding, like move baby around in your body, then it would be one that has less structure, but the baby's more snuggled to you and gives you that versatility. Am I I hearing that right?
1: Yeah, to some extent you are hearing it right. I find a lot of parents when they get their more structured carrier, I think about it as an outside carrier. It isn't of course that they couldn't wear it inside. They could wear it inside. It's just that unless you're doing heavy duty cleaning of your home, which maybe does happen every now and then, just not in my home. um, uh, (laughs) Let's lower that bar. If it is, let's lower that bar. (laughs) I have two kids in a business. Um, But then, I might want to wear it inside. I just hear from my parents that they don't really think about it as an inside carrier to some extent, and so I feel like they must be onto something that I hear it so often, and I think that when new parents are looking at carriers, it's often put into the travel section. Mm-hmm. so if we think about where the marketing dollars are being put uh, it's being put from. The big box stores. I don't know that it's necessarily from the manufacturers that they're saying it's a travel item. It's something you need for traveling. They put it in the gear hmm. section along with your car seat and your stroller, which of course it could be used for those things. But that isn't limited isn't limited to that situation only. And I think that's one thing that I wish parents would get that message in advance so that they recognize there might be reasons to have different carriers or different situations just like your shoes. Right. And, you know, I think that if people could hear this component, they would be happier
0: and I, with I'd,
1: the carriers. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were done with that sentence. Um, And I do love your shoe analogy, by the way. Like, that made total sense. I was like, aha, yes, of course. I wouldn't wear heels all the time, but I need my heels for some very specific occasions, Um, just as my sneakers and my hiking boots. Um, But so I mean, because there are many, many options, many categories, and within the categories, many options and many price points and different, you know, uh, carriers adjust easier or not. So it's better to have like, especially if you have parents that are very different in size, each one have a their own specific carrier that they like. So how can we help listeners out there kind of navigate and under, like figure out what carrier, how do they know which carrier is right for them and their baby or which set of carriers are right for them and their baby?
1: Fantastic question. I think the the easiest way for someone to discover the carrier that fits them the best and is comfortable, easy to use, all the things that they're looking for, is to do it first while they're pregnant. And a lot of people say, what, I have the belly? But you're going to have a baby anyway. So if you can find a store, um, a local retail store that has more than one carrier option or style or that perchance teaches a class in baby wearing, this would be the first place I would start. They will have usually have some kind of information, an opportunity for you to try them on to at least see them in action. So this would be sort of the cream of the crop way to discover it. The second cream of the crop way to do it is to have a local consultant who A, maybe teaches classes or B, will do small group classes or even individual consultations who will bring you all of the options or you can go to a class where they sort of show or demonstrate all of these different options so you can see how they work in real life. Then you can narrow down. Invariably, instinctually, somebody will say, there is no way I'm going to, and then insert, use this carrier. It's just not going to fit into my life or I don't want to... I didn't want it to be so rigid or I didn't want it to be so complicated or I'm looking for something that my money is gonna stretch further. I'm willing to invest the time for me. They might say comfort because my shoulders injured or my low back is injured is more and more important than how easy it is to clean. So everybody's gonna come across with their own their own needs and specific issues that pertain to them particularly. So a class or a consultant is the cream of the crop way to discover it. The Another way that I might encourage you to do is sort of read reviews of carriers or from people who have said, yes, this is what I would like. And then um, go online to those manufacturers, companies, and watch the videos. Just watch the video and see, do I think I could do this myself? And... Say, yes, I think I could physically do this by myself with no one helping me, and I'm gravitated towards it, that might be a really good option to begin with. Maybe saying, I'm going to go ahead and invest in a few. Many people will get a carrier in their baby shower or right as soon as the baby is born and leave it in the box until they're ready to use it. So the flip to buying it is to then take it out and begin to play with it, to grab. I always recommend people grab a you know a small five pound bag of rice, because you can then make rice when you're done. Uh, but using this as opposed to the actual baby in order to practice using the carrier to build the confidence. I'm not going to drop my five pound bag of rice. I'm able to, to successfully achieve what I need to with this carrier by using that bag of rice. And I feel it's a really great way for people to build confidence and practice. We have, we meaning uh, my business, Center for Baby Wearing Studies, has a parent portal at babywearing.guru and we will have a baby wearing class online for those people who who are saying I, I really can't find a, um, an in-person store or an in-person con- consultant who can come and help me or I'm just am not comfortable yet with that. I don't see the need for it. I just want an intro. Then we have that available for them
0: and I'll definitely will we'll definitely share it in the show notes along with a couple of the research that you have mentioned and then and anything else that we come up from here to the end mm. <laughs> thanks yeah, absolutely. Um so basically like become familiar with with the carriers and try to seek out like and all even like ask your friends and see if you can try theirs on or something. Exactly. Yeah, just be familiar with it cuz I find this is this can sometimes be as daunting, maybe a little less daunting than like cloth diapering, where you step into uh-huh. it and you have different types of categories and the the you know snap-ons and then hybrids and and whoa it's just too much too much um so first get yourself familiar with the carriers before you even have the baby try things out see how they would fit into your lifestyle the different types and materials how it feels for you and then what should they know in terms of safely carrying a baby
1: i'm going to address safety questions just after i have one more thought oh yeah yeah Um, sometimes people say to me, I should wait to see what the baby is going to like. And I just want to put a pause on that thought for some people who might be having this right now. If, if you will get a carrier in the prenatal time period and begin to play with it, just like we were just discussing your chance of using it sooner, feeling confident in using it sooner really, truly goes up. It's one of the only things that you can truly physically actually do while you're pregnant that is related to the postpartum period. So when somebody says, you know, here, come to my class about breastfeeding, it's very unlikely that they're going to be like, here, take my baby and breastfeed it. They're, they're not going to say, here's how the latch feels because this is not acceptable. And most most of our culture to do such a thing, maybe your girlfriend might do it, but certainly you wouldn't be in a class where that would happen. Baby carriers is something you can learn, use, practice, play with in advance. You could do the same thing with cloth diapers. And it really helps in the immediate postpartum period to feel confident and I can come home, take my life and begin to parent this child. So I really encourage people to to think about it as something that happens in the prenatal time period. In terms of safety, safety is such an incredibly big question. Every single person who's going to come to me to talk about safety is going to be coming from a different angle. They're going to be worried about something different. Most of what I say to parents about safety is just baby safety in terms of these are the things that... All babies need. They need to not have things cover their, their face. So your baby carrier shouldn't cover your baby's face. The um, baby needs to have adequate oxygen. So don't allow the chin to fall to the chest or to fall far back um, on the neck. These are everyday baby things. It doesn't really matter if the baby happens to be in a carrier um, or in your, on your body or in a stroller, or in a bouncy seat, these are things baby needs. When people talk to me specifically about safety and what to look for in a baby carrier, and the use of a baby carrier, I tend to lean on just a few things. The first thing is however you feed the baby should you choose to do the feeding in the carrier, which a lot of people like to do, they find it to be a really great way to keep engagement with the baby, whether their baby with, um, you know, like a, a drip feeder, a bottle or a breast, however they're choosing to do it, they'll still use a carrier to sort of help keep that nice close connection. And the minute, the very minute that you are done with that active feeding, you should reposition the baby onto the body and then re-tighten the carrier. That is the number one thing that I really want parents to to think about. And how you reposition and retighten goes like this. When you um, put the baby onto your body, the baby's head should be close enough that you could lean down to kiss the top of the head to sniff the top of the baby's head. For many people, this means the baby's head's going to be between the clavicle and the top of the woman's breast. For a man, we're talking about the top of his, you know, peck. And and so that as you lean down to kiss the baby, very easily do it. You can smell, and I encourage you to breathe in and smell all the wonderful um, baby smell. So that's the first piece, Mm -hmm. but the baby is chest to chest with you. Sometimes you will hear it um, tummy to tummy with you. So you're not having the baby um, positioned where only like the shoulder is next to you. Um, per se and um, the baby is not twisted up in any particular way so just as you would pick them up in arm and put them onto your chest to burp the baby or to hold the baby the carrier should do the same thing we shouldn't have a carrier change the position of a baby because the carrier's job is to hold the baby has you want the baby held so you're bringing the baby that head is there at um, right at your chest you can very easily lean down to kiss it so the baby's head's above your breast if you're a woman and your tummy to tummy when we think about support how the carrier supports the infant um, I like to tell parents it supports the baby from the crook of their knee all the way to the nape of their neck. So the carrier should be in contact with the infant from knee to neck and hopefully the baby will be in a nice seated position where the baby's knees are higher than their bum. They sort of they sort of pull their legs up so you almost don't have to think about it. But many carriers on the market today provide a really great, what you might hear referred to as spread squat position or M position. Well, that means is that the baby's knees are higher than their bum. And so that when they're in the carrier, they're really sitting on their, not their knees. And so the carrier should really support the baby from all the way from the knee to the neck. And again, in that resource that I mentioned, we have an image for that. So a parent can figure can see that for themselves. They can see what I'm referring to. Um, the second piece, or well, third piece, so the reposition, retighten the carrier the re component of it. So if you understand the positioning, the retightening piece of it, it means that you and the baby can move as one unit. You can move together simultaneously. You don't, if you bend forward, have the baby separate from you. If you were to reach over, the baby wouldn't move slightly differently than you. So it's meant to be that you are as one unit. And I've used... Do need to breathe. Of course, I remind people that you should breathe with your full deep breath while you are putting the carrier on so you don't over tighten it. But you certainly, you see more people maybe not tighten the carrier enough as opposed to people who over tighten. And um, so the best way to do it is to just sort of check for yourself. If I could lean forward, the chest or the tummy of the baby separate from me dramatically. And do I feel that in 10 minutes the baby's going to be in the same position where we started? So, we wouldn't want if the, the carrier is a little bit loose, the baby finds all of the slack in the carrier, and it doesn't matter which carrier it is. Uh, the baby will find it, gravity does it for him. And so, if in you know, a few minutes your baby's in a different position than where you started, it's a good idea to just go ahead and reposition the baby and then retighten the carrier.
0: Mm, do you find that that's uh, something to look out more with uh, pouches or slings that have are, are sort of asymmetrical holds to the baby?
1: No, I find it's across all carriers. Okay. Cool. Even even the very structured carriers, I find this to be true. Good to know,
0: and yeah. I was glad you mentioned about the the squatting, the the spread squat position, and making sure that you know trying to get the knees above the 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 bum because i was going to ask you about like there's been a lot of i'm sure you know a lot of controversy mm. and a lot of you know the scare of well two scares about babies breathing and the whole thing with the with the with the uh, pouches um but specifically the one i was referring to just now i'm, I'm sorry i'm rambling uh, mm. the um Hip, hip health um, and having babies not necessarily dangle from their crotches, but actually have like a sit to sit on when they're being carried.
1: Yes, two. So two things you just spoke about are at the original back in 2010 sort of. um big headlines that came out um, around a particular Infantino carrier, um, the Sling Rider is what it was. Um, Unfortunately, most of the headlines read, you know, very generically one million slings recalled and neglected to sort of inform the public, of course, that it was this one particular carrier that was problematic. And it has caused quite a bit of stir over the last seven years. Uh, That, when we think about pouches and Things that are not particularly adjustable, so that would be a pouch. Then, then you do have to be very, very particular about your sizing. Most, most of the people I encounter who have a pouch usually th- th- think they're much larger than they are. They feel like they, the, you know, that if the piece says get a medium, they think, well, I better go ahead and just get a large because I'm in my postpartum body, I'm going to be larger. But those manufacturers have measured well in, in their sizing for the most part. And I feel for the sized components, the hardest piece is making sure you have the right size. So this is where many people find uh, advantage in carriers that adjust or have some stretch. And so just to address a tiny bit about that um, particular pouch issue, this it was something that should we want to continue the conversation one day? We could certainly talk about in terms of the second piece. Now, of course, my brain doesn't remember. Oh, the it was hips. the hip. Yeah, yeah. So hips are going to continue to be controversial for a very long time if you are using any major carrier on the market today for the most part you're probably going to be um, having that baby in their natural spread squat position however that's not a given and what does that look like for for those who aren't trying places When you pick up your infant, you will see them contract their knees, kind of drawing their knees up a little bit towards their stomach, and that's the baby, there's a ton of reasons why the baby does it, and um, they tend to do it very naturally. The knees then um, automatically sort of, or as they go higher than the bum, are aligning that hip in the pelvic area for optimal development, and when when you hear people say that a baby carrier is going to cause hip dysplasia, I just would want you to pause, um, have that person pause and really think a tiny bit about that. Um, we could do um, an entire session just on hip dysplasia for this matter, too, or concerns around hips. What we know from the International Hip Dysplasia Institute that Dr. Charles Price has, um, he, he's Director of what we know is that long-term optimal hip health for every baby is the babies that maybe we're not talking just about hip dysplasia, about loose hips. These are young women in their 30s who tend to get hip arthritis. Um, that these, this particular concept around long-term hip health is usually loose hips that are missed in the very early um, first three months of life. And it's not that they're missed because the doctors are not doing their job. It's because they're just loose hips. They're not particularly clicking. They're not moving in a way that a baby with hip dysplasia would be. And um, if we're holding the baby in that spread squat position on our body uh, or – in a carrier, then we're allowing for dynamic muscle, uh, interactions between the baby as the baby is moving on the body as I'm walking or I am, um, you know, getting my coffee cup, as I mentioned earlier, I'm out of my cupboard the baby's muscles are responding, and so they're really helping to create a really deep hip socket. One thing I think people should remember, and certainly I know many of the um, birth professionals who will listen uh, to your podcast will understand, that by design, the hips shallow out for birth. So if you see a baby at six months in, in utero, they have these beautiful deep hips And um, hip sockets, right? They're very nicely formed, but in order to get through the birth canal, we need to shallow that out so we can easily get through. Baby is expecting that in the immediate postpartum period, those first three to six months, that I'm going to be carried and held, and when I'm carried and held with my knees higher than my bum, which I naturally bring myself into then I am helping my hips to develop. But I also need the action of pressure coming in and out as my mom or my caregiver is um, holding me. I like my parents to think of it like this. You are the gymnasium for the baby. So if you go to the gym and work out, you can do so every time you put the baby onto you, and your whether it's in armor and a carrier with a carrier allowing for a longer span. Typically, you are taking the baby to the gym. They're getting that opportunity to use their muscles and to develop their muscles. And if you were doing this in that spread squat position, then you are also helping their hip development.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. I love that thinking of of you are your baby's. Jim, (laughs) just like (laughs) pick him up carry him around toss him in the air no careful (laughs) um now we're getting I'm looking at the time we're getting close on time and I wanted to know I'm gonna give you an option of what to answer one last question (laughs) whether (laughs) we can we I meant I asked before about you know is there a, a carrier that works better at one stage than the other you know like what is best for newborn stage or the baby stage or toddler stage and is that even a thing so there's that question or my other question is is there anything tips suggestions myths that need to be busted like what is that one thing that you would like parents to know that we haven't touched upon oh i have to choose i know well you i mean if you can answer them both kind of quickly then we can get
1: to it yes Okay, I'm going to start with the infant-toddler question. Which carrier is best for each phase? What I think that I want your listeners to really understand is, is that by design, the relationship to baby wearing will change every month or every couple of months as the baby grows and changes. So those newborn snuggles, that most people tend to think about when they think about babywearing, this sort of long, luxurious opportunity to increase your oxytocin together. Uh, it dissipates as time goes on, as babies you know, work on their own trajectory of development. So now they want to sit. In order to sit, they want to be able to then reach to uh, to pick up things before they even get to sitting. Of course, um, they have that rolling over, that rolling over phase. And the interesting thing is, is that maybe is the biggest change that happens in the, in the mind of the person who's carrying the child. So they go from these lovely little snuggles where they'll just sleep on you for hours on end if you would let them, to suddenly pushing off of you and trying to look around and sometimes people will say oh my baby is pushing off of me they are ready to not be worn anymore they want to you know see the world and so they want to turn them around and face them forward i like people to think about them again as the gymnasium right around that three and a half to four month time frame when the babies are starting to really master rolling over They mimic that on the parent, so the or the person who's who's holding them, they will push off in a way that is um, similar to the same same way they will use their muscles to roll over, and so they're using you as an opportunity to to practice those skills. If you will just hold on a little while, maybe move them a little bit to a hip. a little bit off-center on your body and allow them that opportunity to play with it, then they will settle down again and they'll sort of seem comfortable in the carrier. This happens repetitively. So as the baby masters sitting, um, as they are really working on holding their muscles, a lot of times parents feel like it, that the baby doesn't weigh as much because they're engaging all of their muscles. Once they master, Once they master sitting, then they seem heavier because now the baby is not engaging their muscles as much. They're working on some other thing. And so each time the baby goes from reaching and sitting back up, they're literally in the carrier trying to reach over and sit back up. And then the same thing for crawling. If you're not careful, they'll literally try to crawl out of the carrier. And then walking, of course, they'll scream you and let them walk, that the relationship changes. So the situations that you would be using the carrier will change over the course of the first two years. Once a child learns to walk and run, a lot of people will say to me, oh, I guess our relationship is done. We're not going to be using a carrier anymore. And what I find is that if you'll hang on, the the child very quickly realizes there's some parts of the day that is just really nice if mom or dad or this caregiver will pick me up and, and carry me. And because they've gotten heavier, because we haven't been wearing them every single day, you know, throughout the course of the day, aren't capable of holding them in arm as long as they might be willing to be held. And so a carrier then facilitates the the carrying of the child in a different way. And so I want parents to think about each of those pieces um each of those changes that the child is going to make developmentally a carrier change might, might into play so you might see i'm leaning more towards A structured carrier. Now that that baby is walking, now that the baby is crawling, because I'm able to get them into the carrier on my back very easily, very fast. And yet in the newborn phase, I just want something I can wear all day. And so maybe something that feels like a shirt feels very soft to me, something like my, my best slippers ever, my home slippers uh, feels to me that that the carrier that I am um, working towards, and then through that sitting and, um, to so that up and down stage where they want to sit and practice their skills, but they still need to be carried something that you can put on very, very quickly. Like a ring sling might be a really great option in that particular moment. However, you could use one of those carriers probably for the, the whole time period. You could say, I'm just going to have the one and do that. You will just recognize that sometimes it's not going to be a particularly, you're making a compromise because it wouldn't be particularly comfortable hmm Yeah. The second question, I don't if I have time. Go for it. We all make time. <laughs> baby-wearing myths that we would bust. Um, I thought that was interesting. I had to actually think about them a little bit. I think that one of the first myths I would say is, is that there's a baby-wearing kind of parent. That's a myth. Uh, all people... Humans come from a from a carrying culture of some capacity, and so human babies are um, wanting to be carried. So you are all going to be holding the baby in arm and a carrier just makes it easier and should be physically more comfortable for you anyway. So the concept that there's a baby wearing kind of parent or kind of person would be the first thing that I would want. Uh, to bust that myth. And then the second thing would be that there's a certain kind of carrier that you should use or in order to be um, baby wearing. The reality is you can use um, the fabric that you love that you buy yourself and you make for yourself because you're very handy and skilled with sewing or, you know, some people uh, don't have a lot of money and they get secondhand pieces or they feel that environmentally that's a better piece to do and so that they don't worry so much about the 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 image of the carrier that, that they're using and instead are focused on the outcomes that they get from choosing to use a carrier and so that idea of a certain carrier makes you a part of a you know a baby wearer or a somebody who's, who's a community, I would like to bust because I think anybody who's out there using a carrier um, to transition, you know, that first first year is somebody who's out there wearing their kid. And kudos to them for doing it.
0: Mm. And I think your analogy of the shoes even goes to the part of the baby carrying options and price because you could have secondhand shoes or you could have, you know, shoes that are you know, 50 bucks or 30 bucks or shoes that are <laughs> hundreds of dollars that are very luxurious. So, That's right. yeah, there's that
1: that range as well. And what's interesting is price doesn't guarantee comfort there in, in shoes and in baby carriers. Price doesn't have anything to do with what you will personally find comfortable. What what you find comfortable and what fits you in your life is is should be the primary component. We should look for a carrier that we like, that we think that we want to use, be it aesthetic or it fits all my other sort of personal beliefs, and finding a carrier across any price point pretty much. I mean, it's amazing the price points that I've seen over the last you know, 10 years, how they've grown and changed. But the flip to that is you can still get a very low, low cost, affordable, good carrier secondhand. Uh, some people just are going to feel a little bit more comfortable buying from somebody they know or borrowing from their friend or their sister than they would a stranger maybe, or even at the local consignment shop because they know better what, uh, you know, what's happened to that particular carrier, but it's certainly an option. And I feel like we would be remiss in not sort of mentioning that because there are certainly people who that will be the only way that they're going to be able or that they'll choose to use a carrier.
0: Mm-hmm. Or have two or three and four or five and they get addicting, the carriers.
1: <laughs> yes, they do. I mean, I have clients who come with an entire bag of carriers that they're friends said, Oh, here, borrow mine. And they literally, they don't come with instructions. Sometimes they're missing parts, but they come to me and we're helping them to figure them out for themselves. And, um, and they do, they get a little bit like, this is absolutely amazing that I am going to, uh, to be able to use this carrier situationally in here and then use this other carrier situationally, um, as well. And so, yes, you can easily see, you know, some people have just a few pairs of shoes and some people have many, many purse shoes, uh, And, you know, just each person is going to find their own sort of path with that.
0: Mm, absolutely. Joanna, thank you so much for being here today. One question, if listeners want to connect with you, know what you're doing, learn more, find out about your classes, how can they do that?
1: So thank you. Uh, I've really enjoyed um, having, to, having the opportunity to answer these questions. To find uh, me and my crew, you can go to cbws.org. And then additionally, um, babywearing.guru is things um, where we put stuff for um, both parents and professionals as well.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so, so much again for being here today. Thank you. Mighty Ones, I love to hear from you, so share with me your thoughts, and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and much more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at Birthful, so come say hi. And do go to birthfulcourses.com to sign up for all and any of my classes. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Expectful. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Cipriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so very much for listening.